What's up, everybody? My name is Cam, and I'm your host for the Big Yikes podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Yikes podcast. Uh, This week, I have someone really cool joining me. I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Sorry, you just took a sip of coffee. But this is my friend, Isaac. Yeah, we're friends. I think we're friends. Yeah, this this is Isaac. Isaac Howard Smith, the whitest name ever. Um, Yeah. Born in Sandy, Utah. Shout out to the Alta View Hospital for birthing me. I'm in, and my mom too. And then grew up in Taejeon, South Korea for the most part. Way cool. Um, one reason, so I just find Isaac really cool. But something we were talking about is how we're both like half Asian, half American. And I was talking to him earlier this week, just being like, oh yeah, my mom's white, my dad's Chinese. And his opposite, so his um, mom is Korean and his dad's white. And so I was like, let's talk about growing up asian american in utah well you grew up mostly in korea do you want to tell people a little bit more about that right yeah so i grew up so i grew up in Taejeon for like most of my life and then after about nine ten i moved to utah for the first time and then that's when we lived in sandy for a little bit and then we lived in harriman and then like every other year we moved back and forth between korea and utah so a little bit here and there like i went to three different high schools so, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you're going back and forth that often, like, did you keep in touch with friends or like, what was, was that hard for you? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I would say it was hard because every time we moved back to Korea, it was somewhere different. So for the most part, we lived in Seoul, um, the capital. And so, yeah, keeping up with friends in Korea was harder, except for my high school friends. Sometimes I still keep in touch with them. Um, not as much anymore, but Utah, because we always came back to the same house I did keep in touch with those friends. And so it was mainly the neighborhood friends, though, because, uh, you know, people move in and out. But my neighborhood friends always kind of stuck around. And I think I was raised Mormon. So I think that helps. (laughs) How is the Mormon culture in Korea? Mormon culture in Korea? That's a good question. Hardcore. (laughs) The people that are in it are just like a bit much. But... It's like, it's like you either have that spectrum or you have the spectrum of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here for the good time. Because in Korea, like it's, it definitely feels more of a community. Most of them are branches or really small wards. So you know everybody there. And every Sunday after the, all the hours are done, we get together and eat like a huge buffet together in the sacrament hall or not the sacrament hall, the gym, gymnasium. So, yeah, it's it a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of, I think growing up, I think it's more special, right? When it's smaller. When I lived in New Zealand, the wards and branches were smaller and it's felt, yeah, more like like a family. Um, So because you lived on and off, did you prefer Korea or Utah? That's the question. I mean, I feel like I know the answer. Maybe not. I I could be surprised, but I feel like you would have a favorite. I think as a kid, the schools were more fun in, in Utah. But my intimate relationships are all in Korea, I would say, as a, as a, when I was growing up. And yeah, I think Korea overall, like as a child, like you don't need a car to get around. So as like a five-year-old, I was doing groceries for my mom. Have you seen that show? It was going to say, yeah, but they make yeah, the kids run errands, right? Yeah, that was me as a child. So like that it's like totally normal. Like after school, after preschool, I'd just like walk home. Stop by the comedy shop, get some little smoked sausages that the little ajashi, the little old Korean grandpa was like cooking on the side of the street. 
and then yeah and then play the little arcades on the street too like and then like not come home until like six just hang out with friends and it was my mom was totally okay with it whereas here like if i didn't come home within the hour like my mom like would call the cops and she has in the past because she's like where the where the freak are you i'm just like no i'm just having fun so wait that's that's very interesting because yeah safety levels i think too like you said you couldn't get around with like you don't need a car in korea versus like here um that's so fun but i like think of that show and i think little isaac of just running little errands so you did that starting at like five or how old do you think you were when you started running little errands yeah around five and my mom would just give me cash and i'd have to go do errands for her once in a while it wasn't like big errands just like i need some green onions and tofu (laughs) so cute um okay so growing up obviously you have that back and forth of Utah, which is very predominantly white. I don't know where you grew up in like Alta, like Sandy. <laughs> like, I feel like it's predominantly white. I also grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. How was, I'm like, honestly, just racism. I think about me in school being surrounded by predominantly white people, not having a lot of Asian friends or friends of color and experiencing racism for the first time. Can you recall or share maybe that happened in Korea for the first time, or maybe it was in Utah when you were young and experiencing racism for the first time sorry this is like a switch of subjects but i i yeah i would say like korea i definitely experienced racism there too um being like half white half korean like people are not fully accepting i think there's a lot of traumas from the korean war you know and and how americans are always there now you know their biggest military operations are all, all in korea and Koreans are kind of tired of it because the land is very limited. Majority of the land is mountain ranges. And so there's not a lot of flatland and flatland is important if you want to build homes and infrastructure in general or cities. And so like the biggest army base in Seoul was finally kicked out, you know, and now they have the land back. And so they're determining what to do with it. And so stuff like that, like, and so because of that context, like I grew up, like my Korean grandpa I feel like he had a love and hate relationship with me. He's like, I love my, I'm the firstborn of the whole, of that first side. And you're a boy. So it's a big deal. Oh yeah. I'm a boy. So big deal. And so he like loved me, but at the same time, he's like, but you're bringing a a side, a culture that I don't appreciate. And so in that aspect, like I faced racism or like, like after preschool or kindergarten, like elementary school too, like I would get beat up in Korea, like fist fights. Um, and a lot of times it's like, it's weird in Utah. I feel like people don't have crushes until like middle school, but in Korea, everyone's crushes, but young. young yeah. And so like, like I think Korea, they had like f- fetishes towards like biracial kids. And so a lot of girls and I would talk a lot and the guys would get annoyed and then they would beat me up after school. And so I got in a lot of fights, um, and so, yeah, I think that's the very first time I experienced it ever in my life. And in America, yeah, as soon as I stepped foot on Whoa. this land, like, I faced it every day. <laughs> I think there's, I don't know, it's hard because I think growing up, too, people are like, okay, you're too white or you're not Asian. If, like, for me, it was like, okay, well, you're too white or, like, you're too Asian. Like, I couldn't find a middle ground. And also, I grew up only, like, I only speak English. I don't speak Chinese. So when I would go see family, it's like, okay, well, I they never said it, but it's like, like I'm like a disappointment. You don't, you don't speak Chinese, yeah. 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 I'm and my, my grandma doesn't speak English, so I just like it's never like vocalized, but I did feel very and I still do feel bad family? almost. What? Do you have family here? 
my family, they live in San Francisco. So my dad has one other sister and then it's um, their mom. So she's my grandma and my aunt. And then her kids all speak Chinese. And then it was like, it was funny because my mom and dad like both speak Chinese and they just never taught us. So I just kind of feel, I don't know. I felt like, okay, I'm not Chinese enough, but then, right. I'm an American. I'm not American enough. So it was just like a weird, uh uh-uh. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Asian Americans that were born and raised in America feel that too. Like if they, even if they have like full Asian parents, but like as a biracial kid, I feel it's more conflicting. It's like, well, I have both, and so it's like, where do I lie? And so, like when we when I first moved to the U.S., like I was getting beaten up. I got beaten up a lot. I'm like, goddamn! <laughs> literally every other episode, you're like, so I got beat up. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like one day, like I, I was at. We moved to Sandy for the first time, and my white grandparents house in their basement and and we live really close to the elementary school Lone Peak Elementary School and so um, I remember like the first week it was a rough week like I like I truly did not know any English my parents made a my dad he served a mission in Korea so he made a folk yeah and so he made a, a focus to like make sure I know Korean only they wouldn't do any English tutoring at all like a lot of Asians go through the English tutoring classes at a very young age but I didn't because I think my dad had a hunch, like, we're probably going to move back to the U.S. Sh- soon. And so he's like, you'll learn it there. And so that was another thing. I got beat up a lot in Korea. As, you know, he's like, oh, you, what's the ABCs, Isaac? And then they're like, I'd be like, ABC. You're like, I don't know what's after because <laughs> I literally was an immersion for Korean the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And so moving to the U.S., like, I only knew, like, yes, snow, and then stored spaghetti because that was my favorite food. Yeah. spaghetti and meatballs did you ever watch um any like american tv cartoons um yeah like barney sesame street i think that's what's kind of available back then yeah. a lot of anime a lot of anime so so did they put you yeah like when you came here did they just throw you in school and they were like hey well like good luck or what was what happened yeah basically they just threw me in and like okay you're now you're in school and so back back then there was any like english immersion programs at least for that school and so, yeah, like my first day, like I didn't, I, luckily they're like, oh, what do you want for lunch today? And it was spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah, it was spaghetti or like something else, something other than chicken. So got spaghetti and then, yeah. And then that first week I got in a fight with this one boy because um, we were lined up to play soccer for recess and I was the last one chosen. I was like, hey, but can I still join the team? He's like, no. And then we got an argument and then he we got in a fist fight and then i ran away i like skipped school that day i ran away i went back home nobody was home so i was freaking out so then i went to this next door neighbor because she saw me and then she's like do you want some pineapple juice and watch spongebob <laughs> so spongebob was my saving grace as a child so yeah that was like my first time experiencing racism in the u.s damn it's a lot of trip trauma. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, I just asked you to like lay out all your trauma, but that is a lot. Do you have any siblings? I do. Um, I have one younger brother, one younger sister. Okay, yeah, so you're the oldest. Um, growing up, right, you're experiencing these new experiences. Did you ever talk about facing racism or like these literally tribulations with your siblings or was it kind of like you deal with it with yourself? Like I know for me and my siblings, I just recently, not like unpacked, but like started talking more to my brother about this is stuff that happened to me when I grew up. And like, I just didn't talk about it with my family or my friends. I kind of just like let it happen. So I'm wondering what that experience was like for you. Yeah, I I just let it happen too um, and just like keep it to myself. So my, me and my siblings <clears throat> were really far apart. So my brother's seven years younger than me. My sister's nine years younger than me. 
So I think growing up, there was an opportunity to really talk about it. If anything, I felt more like an uncle to them. I had to take care of them, change their diapers. <laughs> um, but I did try to talk to my dad about it once in, uh, in Utah. I was like, I was like a teenager. And I was like, I feel like no one likes me or I just, I feel like I'm different. So different that people can't accept, accept me. And my dad tried to understand, but he can't. He really can't. He's white. And like, sorry, like white people just don't understand. And so I think because of that, I started to gravitate more towards Asian people. Because I feel like if anything, they understand more. Um, I mean, obviously, they don't know what it is being biracial. And I can't understand being full Asian either in America. But, yeah, so I, I feel like it just kind of gravitates more towards them and talk about it growing up. But, again, I grew up in Harriman, too. And it's just like redneck ranchers everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's quite like a shot going, yeah, from town of Korea to Yeehaw, Utah. Like, out of any literally state in america they were like yeah. stay in utah yeah. um growing up religious for you like was that something you held on to is that something like you took and you're like i'm not gonna question it or were you like what is this yeah um so my wife's side is pretty religious <laughs> real <laughs> yeah. um so my mom was a convert to the mormon faith and so they both served missions but growing up they weren't they they go to church, but they weren't like super active. I would say they just kind of just did it to save face. My parents, but my wife's side though, my grandparents. So we come this from this lineage of like, like OG Mormons. So like Orson Pratt, Jesse Little, all this stuff. Yeah, and so like, like my grandma was the president of the Daughters of the Utah Pioneer. What is that society called? I don't even. I'm assuming. I don't. <laughs> Daughters of something, the Daughters Beehive something. State. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like, yeah. So like, my grandma, like, for her free time, like, does genealogy all the way back to the 1200s in England. Like, like she has it down, you know. To, her fan chart full. Yeah, for sure. And my Korean side is just like my mom. <laughs> no, wait, no. I literally looked at my mom's the other day because it's the same, like the wide side, right? It's like you can lit all back, and then you go. I opened it because they're like work on family history, and it's like my dad and my grandma like doesn't let us do her work right she's still alive so like they're not gonna learn to do demo work but it's so funny because yeah the white side is just all the way back yeah and so growing up like i think the mormon faith ruined me for sure like i was very active and i tried really hard because i <clears throat> i don't know i think being biracial in utah like i just so badly wanted to be white so badly like especially i had i didn't have a korean official name so it's isaac howard smith like Sounds like a freaking dead apostle back in the day or something. So, like, I just wanted to be white, and all my friends were white. I didn't have Asian friends growing up in, in America, um, not until college. That was the first time I was like, oh, wow, there's Asian Americans. This is awesome. I can relate to them, you know? But, yeah, so just wanted to be white, and I think church didn't help because it's such a white culture in Utah, too, and it's just different. And so I feel like I had to, like, really... You know, I was embarrassed to bring them to my home because of kimchi or whatever. The weird smells. Yeah. Well, I remember bringing, yeah, like rice or just like beef and broccoli. Like very simple standard Asian meals and people making fun of me for it or like asking me. I remember in like the fourth grade. Yeah. The fourth grade. Someone asked me if I ate my dog that weekend and I literally was like, what the hell? Like, I think that's when you start to realize like this isn't normal. Like you don't treat any human being like like this or like based off an assumption. And then getting older when you were like oh they're asian americans i 
didn't realize till seventh. Luckily, there was another Asian, Kayabo, thinking of him. He was the only other Asian American that I knew. Or Asian. I can't remember if he's full Asian or not. I haven't talked to him in years. But yeah, having a very small community. And I don't think because I wanted to be white so bad, like we have a lot of Chinese things in our home. And my dad talks to us a lot about just like traditions and I just never like accepted it because I was like I want to be white so bad and I don't feel 100% accepted and I remember even in being in high school like I didn't realize till my like sophomore year of college like how whitewashed I had been due to like culture or just like what I wanted how I dressed stuff like that yeah yeah it's rough and I think the and you're a Mormon too yeah yeah it's it's funny I went on a mission it was, it was great. I went to New Zealand for eight months. Yeah, it was great. I met a lot of cool people. And um, I think I, I'm like, let, let's just unpack more. I like didn't really question much. Like I knew when I went to church, I was like, yeah, I like feel good. Like I believe in God and Jesus. And then after my mom passed away, I was like, what's the point? Like, I think that really just threw me for a loop. And I was like, okay, why would God do this? And then it would like, it went like X, Y, Z. And I was like, okay, well they do this and they do this. And it's, it's hard cause I still love certain aspects of it and what it's brought me in my life. But I also recognize like the hurt it brings and like, there's just, right. It's like, so like last year I was very much like, okay, I need to choose if I'm in or out. And it's like, that's not the case. It's like, you can have, at least in my opinion, beliefs and agree with some things, but like, I don't, I don't go to church. I don't go to the temple. I don't wear my garments, stuff like that. So finding that relationship is very different as well. And it's part of like the process of just figuring out like who I am as a person. So I don't know how was, like you said, you were, you grew up Mormon. Now you're not. No, I'm not. I was like a hardcore Mormon for sure. Oh yeah. Like I just, I think I just wanted to, cause I've never felt like I belonged anywhere in my lifetime. Like I, yes, if I had to pick between Utah and Korea, like I definitely feel like I belong in Korea more, but in reality, I never felt truly fully accepted. And I think that's like any biracial kid. You don't really fully accept one place or another. Yeah. yeah, the only place I do feel like people have accepted me was Hawaii, because um, they just don't care. <laughs> They're like, as long as you're not full white, we're cool. <laughs> no, real. When I lived, yeah, in New Zealand, uh, Samoans and Tongans were like, cool. I don't know. They're yeah, yeah. one of the chillest. I love them. I love them all so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like, and my, and then as I goes, as getting older, like my teenage years, got the wrong priesthood, right. So, like, I had to go to church, er, church early to, like, prepare the sacrament, you know, with the boys. And then my parents would stop coming. And so they just kind of started falling away. But then I started to go more. You know, I was like, no, I, I, this is, like, who I am. This is what I want to be. I got to fit in. And I just wanted to fit in so badly. I think that's what the motive was. But, like, I did believe really strongly, too. And, and so I did that. I started a mission in Hong Kong. No way. Yeah. I'm like, my dad would literally love you. So you speak like what three languages now? Yeah, yeah, I can't. Well, I pretend to speak Cantonese. <laughs> yeah, but so I started a mission in Hong Kong, like did that, loved it at the time, and then like I came home from my during my before two months on my mission, I was in the I was an office elder, um, you know, with the mission president, and then I got a phone call because we were allowed to have like international phone calls for our phones. We had an iPhone, so like. Because we get a lot of like parents calling us and c- complaining about their child. Oh, they didn't have hot water or whatever. And so like I saw the 801 number. I was like, oh, it's probably another parent. But then I saw the rest of it. Just, I was like, that sounds really, really familiar. Picked up the phone. And my, it was my dad. 
I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, dad. Because, <laughs> like, for me, like, I was like, I'm here. Like, I was so devoted. I was like, no, you can't talk to me, blah, 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 you know. Like, your companion answer. Yeah. Like, it's my dad answer. Because, <laughs> like, earlier that day, I got an email from my mom. like, hey, you need to decide where you want to come home, either Korea or Utah. And I was really confused. And my dad calls, like, we're getting divorced. Damn. I'm like, that was, okay, shock. Yeah. And so that hit me hard. And I was in culture shock. I was like, okay, I can't talk to you. You can talk to my mission president. Because he was trying to get a hold of my mission president, see if I was okay. So I talked with my mission president. And the office home in Hong Kong, it's in the temple. And so it was really nice. But like, and so like the mission president was literally the hallway across from us. So he like knocked on our door, made sure I was okay. And we talked for a while. And that's when it really hit me. And I just started crying and I couldn't sleep for like two days straight. And then that's when I started questioning a little bit about my faith because in my patriarchal blessing, <clears throat> it states like if I serve a mission, like my family will be blessed forever and ever and they'll come back to church. And I solely believe that. And I felt like I did my very best to like be obedient, to bring people to Christ, blah, 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 and do all the stereotypical stuff. And then I was like, what is this now? What does this mean? You know, like eternal families, that's gone. Because they're already struggling, but now it's officially gone. Well, first of all, okay, a lot to impact. You're in the temple, first of all, working, and so that's like, hello. But yeah, I think the promise is right, and I haven't read mine in a little bit. But yeah, you're assuming if I do X, Y, and Z, you're going to give me X, Y, Z. So why is this happening? And also, like, so random. For, I guess, I don't know when you served your mission, but I don't think you could, like, FaceTime. Because I could FaceTime, like, every week, where this is, like, email and stuff, where your mom's like, hey, by the way, choose where to come home. And you're like, huh? And then your dad's like, oh, by the way, boom, we're getting it. Like, it was just like, gush, gush, gush. And right? I don't, wow. I'm like, so how did you heal? Not heal, like, come back. What did you do moving forward to, like, help yourself? Yeah, I guess we'll just continue. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still healing from it. I think you can never heal from that. Um, I don't know, because it's, it's, it's the first people you ever knew in your life, and and so you have a lot of trust in them. But yeah, I came home like two months later. <laughs> to Utah? You go to Utah? Yeah, Utah. <laughs> Eventually, my parents agreed, like, okay, let's at least be in the airport t- together to see him, because we're not officially divorced yet. But that was awkward. That was hella awkward. My mom was like off to the side, my, on one end, my dad was on the other end. Hugged them both. And then they got in separate cars. So it's like, you know, it wasn't lovely. And then caught to the our stay home president got released, and then they and then my stake president talked to both of them afterwards privately, and so I knew like this was happening. And then my brother and my sister they're freaking out because they've gone through their own traumas. So I can't experience what they've gone through. Got a lot of yelling and fighting between the two of them, and so they're. I remember my brother. It's like so. Does that mean we don't we're not eternal anymore? I was like. I have a hard time like holding back, yeah. being honest. I was like, yeah, but, <laughs> but let's look at the bright side. Yeah, we're still family. Yeah. <laughs> we're still here. So we'll just worry about now. <laughs> yeah. That's hard because you're going through something that not every family goes through. And then on top of that, right. A religion or a belief that you had once before of like, yeah, we're supposed to be together forever. Like marriage is supposed to last forever. And it's not like that's got to rock your boat a hundred percent. So I guess at this time, I don't think you're thinking about dating, but I know like coming home from a mission, they're very much like, go get married now. That's the next. So like moving forward, how was dating for you? Like, what was that experience like? Were you a big dater? Were you not? Yeah. Um, luckily, like my mission presence, like 
didn't tell me. I feel like every mission president tells you, like, oh, go, now go date, you know. Here's some referrals. <laughs> um, luckily, my mission president, we didn't talk anything about that. And so dating, I was, maybe because I grew up in Korea, too, I didn't really care to, like, go out and date everybody in this world. Um, whereas, like, because I went to BYU for a semester afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it was very much of that culture, like, to date everybody, right? And so... Um, yeah, I just, I think because of the, the traumas with my parents' divorcement, I just did not want to date anybody. Um, but then I ended up dating somebody afterwards. <laughs> um, like how long was it? Like six months afterwards? Yeah. So oh, wait, so you got home and then within six months you had dated yeah. someone? Yeah. I went on like a first date and then it like worked out. So I was like, okay, cool. Wait, is this your wife? No, no, oh, okay. no. Um, how did you meet your wife? My wife, we met 2017. We were just at a mutual friend's house they went out and like partied at like mona rope swings and they wanted to get ramen afterwards so they went to like some friend's house to eat ramen together it's a bunch of asians and then i was at the mtc as a cantonese teacher at the time so i, I couldn't leave got to take care of the mishis and then um my friend contacted me he's like hey eat some ramen with us i came over and then we played games we're playing this like korean game and there's always like punishments right and like I pretended to know how to play the game and then my so dawn that's her name my wife's name dawn and her sister sarah saw me and they kept seeing that i was messing up every time and they're like and they're like talking to each other like i thought he knew how to play the game like he he's pretending to know this game why is he messing up so much and my wife she says this in korean and i heard overheard her speak it she's like it's either he's acting stupid or he is stupid. And he's probably stupid. So <laughs> that caught my eye. I was like, I'm like, did she know you spoke Korean? Like you could like translate that? Uh, I don't think she cared, but <laughs> she's from New York. So she doesn't really care who hears it or not. But in my mind, I was like, bitch, I know Korean. <laughs> I don't know how to play the game, but look at me. Yeah. And then the next day we were at the Asian ward uh, at BYU campus. And then I saw her and we talked and then I was like, oh, she's actually cool and nice. And then drove her home and then. A couple months later, I asked her on a date, and yeah, that's that. So. Oh my gosh, wait, that's so cute. You just met at a mutual friend's house. Yeah. Wait, how fun. Yeah, it was fun. So, but yeah. So anyways, going back, like, dating was never really, like, a priority for me. Like, I didn't, like, I was reluctant to go on double dates or group dates or, um, like, blind dates. Were you a dating app guy at all? I had, like, downloaded Tinder and Bumble once, and then... I was getting more spam accounts than like <laughs> people, I feel like. So I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and, you're like, and I've had it. Um, yeah. When you met your wife, was she, she religious at the time? Like oh, yeah. navigating that relationship, yeah. right? Like figuring out your faith as a couple moving forward. Like how was that? Yeah. So we were both religious for sure. Um, but I think we've all had our doubts, you know? So like for me, like it's like, okay, I know this happened to me, but the gospel is still true, you know? Or like this organization is what I gravitate towards but then like you know i would hear stories of like you know women protesting not having the priesthood and just had like a communal meaning and then the next day or like a couple weeks later they got excommunicated they're like the leader i was like that's kind of messed up so that was like one thing and i was like i'll just put on the shelf whatever yeah i put a lot of things on that shelf (laughs) (laughs) and then like the whole like the gay policies that came out with their with their children i can't be able to be baptized i was like that's not cool i'm gonna put that on the shelf (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, so, like, all these things would happen, and, like, Dawn, like, growing up in a very liberal city, too, like, same thing as well for her. Oh, so did she grow up um, LDS? Yeah, she, uh, she converted when she was 10 with her sisters and her mother. 
Um, but yeah, they were all like pretty devout too. And then, and then we were dating, you know, we were devout too. We go to Asian ward at BYU campus. Um, and then we got married in a temple, Salt Lake City temple. And then that was in 2019 in 2020. Um, yeah, obviously like, I feel like that's when people say like, Oh, that's when everyone left too. And I'm like, it's so true. I'm like, 2020 was a crazy year. That was a crazy year. So, uh, we were at a cabin, you know, uh, with my friends, um, just trying to get away from COVID and stuff like that. And we're just talking, we're playing a uh, cards against humanity. And there was like, we're making a lot of jokes that are very inappropriate about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cause we just kept getting Jesus Christ cards. Um, and then my friend asks, so what do you think about polygamy? And we're all like, yeah, we fucking hate it. And then when we start talking about it more. It's like, well, technically like it's not, it's still doctrine in the church, in the Mormon church. Like it's still, like they never took it away. If they truly said like, oh, we don't practice it anymore, blah, blah, blah. But it's still there. Like it's still in Doctrine and Covenants. It's still on the website. And, you know, I think they're kind of hoping like maybe either the law will change or we're just going to practice it in the celestial kingdom and have a bunch of wives. And so, and so we all like this, we all agree, like we hate this. And then we start talking about like, yeah, like if we had a child and they were gay, like we would leave the church immediately because we know like it's not a safe space for them stuff like that and then it's like and that really dawned on me like if i know all this all these things like all my values don't align with the church why am i still in it you know and like so it wasn't matter about a faith crisis it's more about like why do realizing why am i aligning myself to this organization when i could align myself to a different organization if i wanted to with the same values and so a couple a couple months later we went another camping trip with her family uh don's family and then uh, we were at a grocery store because we we're going to do a charcuterie board. And so like, I Isaac, go get some cheese. And I was just like standing at the cheese aisle for so long. Um, Cause I was just like, I think I'm going to leave the church and I don't know how to tell Don this because like religion is so important, you know, for our relationship at the time and for anybody too. So, um, and then Don's saw me and she's like, why are you taking so long with the cheese? Like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I was like, like for me, it's like I can't lie to you. So I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna leave the church." And I was like, "What do you think about that?" She's like, "Cool, I think I'm gonna leave the church too." Because I think it was on our minds constantly all this, all these years. But it's hard to leave it. Like, well, like you, I think like once you start to unpack that shelf, right? Or like you said, you're like, if we had a kid who came out as gay, like we wouldn't support it. And it's like it that's it shouldn't take a child, right, or someone important yeah. to us to make that decision. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of like me in my life. Someone very close to me came out as LGBT and I was like, okay, well obviously like I support them over this, like for me, cause that's friends and family for me are top priority. So I'm like, why am I supporting something that doesn't support someone I care about? Yeah. So I realized I was being two faced this whole time. It's kind of like what you're talking about too. And so, so we left and then, and then later that semester, semester in 2020, I had a philosophy class and we talked about religion and, and I was like, yep, don't believe in God now. So that's where I'm at now. Um, atheist? I'm not atheist. I think... Agnostic? Agnostic, yeah. I think it's... You can never truly say there's... There's no evidence, obviously, but it's like... Can't deny if they're... I don't know. Just like saying like, I don't believe in God. It's just... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of hard. It's a lot. I think... I don't know. I think about a lot of couples or people talk about being in mixed faith marriages. Um that's got to be very hard. So I can't imagine, first of all, being in she's on just being like, make this realization in the middle of like a random, right? You're doing a normal errand and you're like making this very large 
decision. Like, I think this is what I have to do. Were you worried? Yeah. Cause it's such a big thing for you guys that she was like, not going to accept it. Like what was going through your head? Yeah. Like I think like some article says it like the top three reasons people get divorced are like religion, money, and children. So I was like, Oh shit. Is this the end for us? You know? And, and I, I like kind of knew deep down inside, like, I don't think she would do that to me. I know her better. Like, I think she'd be supportive, but I knew if anything, like if she still believed and I left, you know, there's going to be some rifts, right? Um, like Sundays we won't see each other or she's going to go through activities and I'm not going to participate and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I was worried, but in the end it worked out. Like we both trust each other in our choices. So and, like, if you could tell yourself something, like, from today's Isaac self to, like, three years ago, what would you say? Would you be, like, by the way, like, you did, I often think about times where it's, like, by the way, you're doing this to, like, five years, five year ago me. And I'm, like, oh, five year ago me would be, like, what? Like, do you ever have something that you'd be, like, let me tell you what's going to happen in the future. Like, if you could say anything. Mm, be, I don't know. I've always felt like I was open-minded, open-minded but I'm, like, truly be open-minded because, like, like those moments in my life or maybe it's like be true to yourself maybe because like those moments in my life where i like read those articles like oh wow this policy does not align with me that should have been the tipping point where i should have left like and i think maybe because i wasn't comfortable with my skin you know because i tried so hard to be a part of this organization because i don't have an identity for the longest i didn't have an identity for the longest time so it's like i just want to be part of something um and so i try really hard and be part of it and but for me it's like no like focus on yourself um stop trying to like be part of everything and try to please people i think that's it's a good part of my personality and a really bad part too it's like i try to please everybody yeah can't do it it. are your are your parents still religious my parents my mom oops sorry (laughs) (laughs) just whack the mic i told isaac as soon as i was like this is our setup for the day and it's of course what we always got going on i was like so nothing too fancy uh my mom's not um yeah her reason for leaving is like i want to drink my wine in peace (laughs) she's so real for that um my dad he hates organized church but then like he loves like and he and he hates on the mormon church so much but then he loves those book of mormon videos he's like a diehard book of mormon they speak sometimes i'm like they really got you with the cinematography i'm like sometimes they still speak to the soul (laughs) (laughs) and then my sister yeah she's gone um my brother he was out but now he's back in um yeah i don't know what his reasons are um but i have some theories but yeah it's interesting like i think navigating it in like right we're in our 20s like there's a lot you're trying to navigate in your life is like you're going to college or you're you know getting your first big big person job and you're figuring out relationships and stuff like that so very interesting but you i'm like do you feel like you're in a good place now do you feel like yeah like you know i figured out not everything but you unpack the shelf right you feel like it was best for you to leave like do you feel content Hmm. yeah i feel content like with where my life is right now um but i'm i think leaving the mormon church um has helped me realize like you know there is a time limit to my life more i think when you're in the mormon faith you're like oh like it doesn't matter what i do here like i have this infinite infinite amount of time but for me it's like i don't know 
I don't know what what that looks like. And death is very, a very real thing now. You know, before I think, I think more people are like, yeah, death is real, but I don't think they truly understand that. Like it's it's the end. You know, if we if we if you actually realize that, then for me, it's like there's this now that there's this there's this urgency to get shit done. Um, and so in that way, like I am content, but at the same time, like I need to like move forward. And so I'm waiting for the day to graduate. You know, it took, took me a long time to do this, at, um, to go to school. Um, and then, like, and even the more mature too, like, helped me realize, like, it's okay to have regrets. Before, I was like, oh, I, I don't have regrets. I only have a few, like Frank Sinatra. Like, I'm going to follow that motto. But, like, I slowly realized, like, no, it's okay to have regrets because I do regret a lot of things in my life. Um, um, and that helped me to learn, like, where I want to be now. And so because of that, a lot of the regrets are, like, being in Utah, or wasting my time trying to like climb the corporate ladder or um yeah just like saying my roots deeper here in utah i think that's the biggest one for me and so like i want to go somewhere else and like really build my network there or like just live the life that i've actually want wanted instead of pretending to like live a life for somebody else which it, which it was for daddy nelson you know that's i'm like that's very beautiful and that's very true i think like you said i don't think a lot of people realize because yeah it's like oh we have this concept of time like we have eternity but it's like no and like real shit starts happening and i think right you're realizing oh so i actually don't have a lot of time i want to start and get things done but i love what you said it's like i want to get things done i want to create a life that i won't regret yeah and so like yeah a lot of regrets. <laughs> I'm like, but only good things moving forward. I'm like, what are some things you want to accomplish in your life? Like, let's talk about hopes and dreams. Um, Isaac and I briefly talked about starting a clothing company together last week, right? Just yeah. like the fun little hopes and dreams. So what do you got? Uh, yeah, this is hard. Because like, as an Asian in me, it's like, oh, I got to do something stable. <laughs> no, yeah, that's so rude. We talked about that too. Yeah. Um, my mom still wants me to be a doctor. I'm just, um, but hopes and dreams i don't know like there's a side of me it's like oh i really want to like help solve crime climate crisis or like be part help you know with other organizations to solve that because i really do care about the environment you know i think because i realize there's this death timelines like earth has a death timeline too if we don't start taking care of it and we're almost too late pretty much too late but i want to help it out you know for the next generation so that's that side of me but then I think because I'm a big generalist, so there's this side of me is like, I really want to do something creative. Like, I've always wanted to work in the entertainment industry. I did it for a little bit in Korea. And so... All right, let's not forget. Yeah, you had your little magazine days, right? When yeah, you add? Yeah. Magazine days. And then, um, yeah, I did some other stuff too. And then um, fashion, like we talked about, like, I've always wanted to start a clothing company. But it's daunting. It's tough. It's not... Textile is tricky. There's a monopoly over that, so, yeah. It is interesting because I think tr this brings in the side of, like, tiger parents. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate that my parents were never super strict. Um, my dad's an immigrant from Hong Kong, never went to college, worked construction up until retirement. And so I really got to see, like, his hard work and dedication. And it's, I don't know if you feel like this, or I've talked to other friends who have immigrant parents who are like, we just feel the need to prove, like, the reason you came here and worked so hard isn't for nothing. Like we will make something out of ourselves to like that you're proud of us. Yeah. Um, but also like you said, being logistical, I like last year went through this spiral of what do I want to do with my life? I have a big draw towards fashion and clothing and styling. And I was like, I could drop out of school and go to fashion school right now. And then 
it was a conversation with my dad of like, okay, well, is that actually sustainable, attainable? Are you going to make money? Are you going to be able to provide for yourself? And it's like, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. And then it's like, again, back to, I got to get things done. If I want to make a life, then, okay. My dad's like, go be a lawyer, go be something like obviously fashion is useful, but he's like in his eyes, X, Y, Z is more useful. So would you be a lawyer then? Um, it's great. So my brother's a doctor and it's like, obviously it's not my dad being like, you need to be just as good. But I think in my eyes, it's like, I need to prove that I can be good or just as good. Exactly. So, um, he's, and I don't know, for me, it's nice when people I look up to have like a sense of pride in me or they're like proud of me. And so right now I know he's very proud in the direction I'm going. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to mess that up. Law school sounds kind of fun to me, but then I'm also like, there's other career paths I could take. Right. So there's just like a lot up in the air. Mm. So like if you had to choose a path right now, are you, are you on the law school path or are you on the fashion path? Right now? I think just because of my schooling, it's law. Like, let me just tell the people I'm really interested right now in working for the DEA as an analyst. And we've had a couple people come talk to our class and I can see my life panning out that way. Like I know crazy enough in my patriarchal blessing as well. It talks about how I'm very, um, watchful or like very aware of people who are in prison or people who are without food or money or clothing and I think that is something empathetic in me that I do recognize but then I'm like how do I make a career out of it I don't want to be a law enforcement I don't want to carry a gun but I know I want to make a difference but then also the other side of me that's like you love clothes you love fashion you want to style people like you have an eye for it so why aren't you doing it so I feel like it's like er, er, like I'm just like at a tug of war with myself you know because it's hard because I think if you have enough drive and you have the love for it, right? People are like, you want to do, you want to work in what you love. You don't want your life to just revolve around work. But then I'm like, part of me is like, well, it kind of needs to, if you want to survive and have health insurance and like have a house. So figuring that out. And I think that's what life is about is like, I can try one thing for a little bit. And if it doesn't work out, right, you have the option to do that. But then, like you said, we're on limited time. So then I kind of get anxious and I'm like, wait, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, you can't do it at all, you know? And I'm a, I'm a generalist, and so it's like I want to do everything in this life that has after, but it's like I don't have time for all of it. So, yeah, I don't know. What about you? What in your career? Like you're studying, is it information systems? Hell yeah. Yeah? Um, and you're, right, you're very generalist, but also you have a creative side. You've talked about these things that you want to do in your life. Like where is life pulling you right now? Yeah, I mean, hmm. Yeah, like, I'll definitely, like, still finish my degree, you know. So close to being done. <laughs> so I'll definitely do that. And I think it is important to get a higher education degree. Whether it's traditional or untraditional format, I think it's still important. Um, I think it just helps you, like, think more abstractly and stuff. Sometimes I wish I had a humanities major just to do that. Because, um, like, it really forces you to the to see different viewpoints and they like, see arguments and how do you counteract those arguments and I think that's good for the brain um, but anyways um, and from, like what I tell people the easy answer is like I'll just be a product manager at some tech company because that's what I've always done and it's easy um, and that's stable you know tech companies you're gonna, they're going to pay you well and have great benefits for your family um, but at the same time it's so boring like I've worked at those companies and yeah, it was rewarding at times, but it's just not something that thrills me every day, you know. Um, and so working at UVU with, like, Wolverine stories again, um, 
and making that into a video format sparked this like inner childhood dream I've always had to be in the entertainment industry is like oh like I love right like being the pre-production and like think about stories and then like go to actual production and like see the story come to life and then post-production like like finalizing everything that's that's a lot of fun um obviously it's not to the caliber you know like Wolverine stories is not to the caliber of Hollywood but like you know that's it's almost there you know and so so for me it's like maybe so i started looking at jobs at like netflix <laughs> real because you can still do stuff right with your degree and then like kind of build yourself forward it's like maybe like that that might be the easiest way it's like maybe i can align myself more with that industry and like and see where i can end up or um but like i honestly though like I don't know, I've wasted my time a lot, so it's like I just need to go to where I actually want to be and stop, and stop living someone else's life. Um, so just trying to redefine myself with that, and I, I still don't know. I think it would be fun to have a fashion clothing company brand. That's a lot of fun just to look at. Like, I, I don't love museums, but then I love museums when they start to have clothes and start analyzing clothes, you know, that's a lot of fun. Going to New York's fun, LA's fun for that. Korea's fun, too. I think that's where it started for me. It's like, because like Korea is such a fashion capital. Like it really hit me when my friend, he's his dad, was like some manufacturer owner for like the Jordan brand in like China, and so like he helped with that for a little bit. And so like he would give us like Jordans all the time. And that's when I started. Because in Korea, you can't you have to wear a uniform, but shoes was like optional, like whatever you want, free game. So we would just like always wear Jordans. Got your street, I should wear on. You're like, look at my new shoes. Was that? got your streetwear on right you're like look at my new shoes oh, because yeah, of the yeah. uniform right you're like yeah. can't really show your personal style through the uniform but yeah through the shoes yeah through shoes so like yeah through shoes and backpacks that's where you can like show yourself like who you are as a person and so that's what we did but that's where i think it started and so like that's another childhood dream i have um and like i really want to finish those dreams i don't know um the other day like hannah you know hannah so we had our cohort thing and I couldn't make it. And so, but she asked me to do like a show and tell, like what's important to me. So I sent her the Virgil Abloh book and like called Something's Off. And I love his quote, like everything I do is for my 17 year old self. And it's a good reminder for me. It's like, I need to go back to like what was actually a passion for me as a child and like maybe actually fulfill those things. And like props to Virgil, like being a black man going to high fashion, like that's tough. And he did it, you know, with streetwear too, yeah. out of everything. So yeah, I'm like, if if Isaac today had to choose, like, <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, like you said, you're like, well, what's pulling you? Is it like X or Y? Is like, do you see your life right now? You're like, I can see it in two ways. Or are you more like realizing like I'm want to do this, I'm meant to do this, I'm gonna do this instead of taking an alt route, right? Like, what are you right now? Where would you go? Have the decision tomorrow. You have to start like you're starting a job. What is your job? I had to start a job. Oh, shit. With my skill set now, I think I can help with the entertainment industry. Yeah, I'll do that. 100%. Are you looking towards job post-grad, more towards the entertainment industry, or are you still like, oh, I got to do information systems jobs? Um, yeah, I think I, I'm definitely keeping my options open. Um, you know, I, I need capital, too. <laughs> but... I think the focus, though, like what I've realized with my job searches or internships right now, because like my internships about to end soon too, so it's like I need something 
later on. Not nothing in media, but just looking. And so a lot of my searches are in the entertainment industry. For example, like LinkedIn, they give you like job recommendations, and it was always like the huge tech firms or like tech companies. Like, oh, Product Manager twenty twenty three. Here you go. You know. Now it's like Netflix, NBC Universal, Paramount, like. HBO Max, like those are like the job recommendations now that I'm getting, and so it's kind of eye-opening. It's like, oh, there's actually a lot of jobs in that area. So I was like, oh, so I'm looking into that, and then I started looking into fashion too, um, like, and then I started looking into like jewelry, like Tiffany. <laughs> there you go, we got a dream bag, dream bag. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just just keeping my option open and see what's out there. I don't know. I realize I have more of a creative brain than I thought. Yeah. I do have a, like, a logical brain to do like data. That's why I think IS is fun, but. Well, I do think it's interesting, too, because in education systems, right, they they take almost, I feel like, the creativity out of you unless you're really good at it. So, like, for me, example, I'm not good at art, but I can appreciate it, and I feel like school has taught me to be like, okay, you're not good at that, so find what you're good at, and then just, just do that. Like, don't worry about being artistic. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and so, like, because of that, you're like, oh, I'm never going to try to even draw, you know, or train myself. So it's like people that are naturally gifted to draw, end up training themselves more and they become great artists right so yeah and that was like one thing that like stopped me too because i was like oh i can't do storyboards i can't do quick sketches <laughs> so i was like maybe i'm not cut off in the entertainment industry or like i can't draw sketches of clothes and, mo and models you know to see how clothes would come out to be so yeah, but it's like little things it's like well someone actually can do that for me so i don't know yeah. it's always interesting to me when i have conversations with friends it's like dreams and things we want to do are actually more attainable than we think like i have a couple friends who've moved out of state to do school or work and i'm like in my head why did i think that was so hard when like they're proving you can pick up and go you know what i'm saying like you don't have to stay here in one place and do xyz and i think going back to um, lds culture it's like that was a standard it's like you grow up you go to school you get married you have kids and your life is like x y and z and rewiring your brain to be like actually my life doesn't need to be that i don't need to have the same expectations as someone else has for me yeah no that's a good point yeah so i guess like for you would you still choose the lawyer path or the fashion path I have thought about it in the future. I would go to law school and then be uh, a lawyer for fashion. Lawyer for fashion. <laughs> Talk about just like trademark, you know, copywriting, stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, I could, you know, hit the best of both worlds and kind of like two for one moment. Um, but I don't know. I think I feel like when you look back at it, even right now, I'm telling people my age, I'm like, you're baby. Why are you doing like, don't make all these decisions. You're so baby. But I don't do that to myself. I don't give myself enough leeway of being like, Girl, you're 22, almost 23 years old. You have your whole life ahead of you. Why are you in such a rush to get things done? I feel like I'm so quick to want to do the next thing where it's like, no, I just need to sit back and enjoy where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, I think it's a good advice. Like, I remember being 22, 23 too. It's like, I have to do everything right now. Um, and so just look for opportunities that seem fast. And I think that's dangerous because, like, that's not. That, not sustainable and something that you don't actually want in the long term and so i never got to like do things that i actually really wanted to do deep down inside right because i thought these are the things were important so it's weird it's like i'm having this conversation I'm like wow my brain is opened up to bigger things i think at least for me i'm so on track right it's like okay next like i graduate next spring so i'm looking forward i'm gonna do x y and z to pull me to be maybe on the dean's list or like i think analytically instead of being like you know what yeah like, I'm worried about a job I'm going to have next year that I can't even get because I don't have a degree yet. 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Like, I'm already thinking about applying for this job at a certain time because the interview process is, like, a year and a half long. And it's like, I can't even apply for another year. What are you doing? Oh, shit. What, what is it? It's a DEA analyst. Oh. So, like, the whole process, because they make you take, like, a polygraph and, like, all this crazy shit, that they're like, go get a master's degree or go work because the interview process takes a year and a half before they even let you know what's going on so it's like for me it's like if i want to go that route or like if i want to go to law school i should have started preparing for like lsats yesterday and i haven't done right so it's just like there's x y and z that i could or like want to get done but i don't know if that's what i want to do do i want to dedicate another four years to school that i might not even like like i don't know sounds like you're on the fashion path then (laughs) (laughs) well it's so to me it's really nice and um when people can see that skill in me they're like you have a good eye for this and then I and then I'm like kind of doubt it because I'm like I'm from Utah like yeah. I don't think I have like fashion but it's like fashion is art I can see I'm not artistic in drawing or like photography but I can see what looks good on someone or like colors and patterns and textures and so I'm like I don't know if I want that to just be a hobby like I wouldn't mind making that my whole life because that sounds fun yeah it's like exciting and have you seen that TikTok? Like, I quit my nine to five to be a business owner to work twenty four seven. But honestly, though, like, I, I understand. Yeah, it's probably more work if you want to do something that you're truly passionate about. Sometimes, but like, if you love it, then it's not a big. It shouldn't worry you that much, though. And it's not stress. It's not as stressful because you're actually trying to get things done, and you're okay with it. I think, guys, the conclusion we're getting from this podcast is, like, go live your dreams and, like, don't be afraid to do things that are different than what you thought. Or, like, I know for me, I had a specific plan for my life. I'm a planner. And when it didn't happen, I'm like, what is this? Like, in my head, I thought at 17 that I'd be married by the time I was 22. And now I look at myself and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful that I'm not married at the age of 22 because I have no money. (laughs) Take your time. People need to stop getting married young. I don't care if they're true, true love life. Just live with them. <laughs> Save your money. Yeah, like that's one thing, man. The Mormon church, they need to just let people live together. Cause like once you get married, it's different. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. They you don't, you're not allowed to, well, I guess you could live together, but yeah, you just like don't. And it's just interesting how relationships are formed. That's like a whole different episode, but, um, wrapping up. We're going to talk about Big Yikes moments. I mentioned Isaac earlier. Big Yikes moment is something that happened this week or like sometime recently that you just, after that happened, you were like, ooh, literally yikes. Like, I can't believe that happened. Like, uh, yesterday I went and got my toes done with Amanda. She's like, it's your birth week. Like, let me take you out. And I hadn't gotten my toes done because I don't wear open-toed shoes in the middle of winter. And so my toes were ugly and I hate feet. So I was like, I was wearing socks all the time. Anyway, I just like, I was like, this is a big yikes because the person who was doing my pedicure, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like my feet aren't gross, but I was just like, I'm so sorry. You have to like paint my toes. So that was my big yikes for this week. Isaac, do you have one you'd like to share? Yeah. So, so I interned for President Tamina's and so we do a lot of events together. We walk together a lot. This last week, this happens like all the time. So, so I'm just going to say it now, but like people thought, people think that I'm her son. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. I've never thought about that, but I'm like, I can see where people think that. I see where people think that. And, but people need to stop assuming that though. Let's see. It's just like, come on. Like it makes it uncomfortable for all of us. Here. Like what do they say? They're like, it's so nice to meet Astrid's son. Or like, what did the, what have people said to you? Yeah. It's like, oh, you must be her son, Whitman or Leo. I'm like, do you even, have you ever met them? Like, why are you assuming you know them? You know, Cause aren't her kids pretty young? Yeah, they're younger or and like Leo's young and then Whitman's like younger than me for sure. But he's in college. He's at UVU. So I understand that maybe. But it's like 
why are you saying that when you never met them probably the assumption because you're asian that, that you're her kid like i'm a little I, I look different so then it's like oh you must be you're like why would i be following my mom around right like doing formal business if that was my mom yeah exactly so it's like that's that's like racism right it's just stop assuming everything just <laughs> the assumption right or even like uh yeah the assumption of math i was never good at math never have been and people i don't know that was one thing that people were like you must be really good at math I'm like actually i had to work really hard to even get an a yeah no totally so um how has it been how how would you rate your experience working for president Tamines? she is the president of our university you work very closely with her I'm like, do you see her as like, does she kind of give off like mom vibes or is she like girl boss only? Like what kind of vibes does she give? You spend a lot of time with her. Um, depends on the setting. Both. I mean, I guess mainly girl boss for sure. I mean, cause it, a lot of the stuff we do is like business related, but yeah, 10 out of 10, like out of all the jobs I've had, like I've, this is the most passionate one I've been a part of just cause I think I've realized the impact that we're having is so much larger than just like UVU itself, you know, it's it's the community of Utah County and Utah in general. So it's kind of fun to see that ripple effect um, slowly happen. And I didn't see that happen as a student, but seeing it in a, yeah, in a different positions, like, oh, this is interesting. What, I'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons from her and you're not done yet because your internship's not done, but what would you say as of right now is like the biggest lesson or piece of advice she's given you that's like resonated with you? don't be a hero uh, please expand yeah i think she knows she's observant so she knows i try to please everyone or like try to do everything to the to, to the beyond my limit sometimes and so i think she's like i say just don't be a hero like you know just do what you can and, and set expectations for you and i together like what's actually a realistic expectation sometimes i have too much of an aspiration i think i can get a lot of things done but in reality time is limited and I'm, I'm a student too so <laughs> yeah you graduate how wait so did you go here like all four years or what did you go to different colleges no uh, yeah this so i went to university in, in korea called Hagang university it's in seoul it's a catholic university had to go to mass once a year just to just keep up, just keep, up yeah. keep them happy when i was 17 uh 16 17 and then Realized I should probably graduate high school, so I went back to high school, and then went to BYU, and then went there for a semester, hated it, and then went to UVU for like two semesters, and then I dropped out of school because I got hired by Goldman, um, so I worked there for a little bit in different companies, and then came back to UVU January 2020, and then shit happened. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I, like, I need a degree. And if I, because I realized like, yeah, I was getting paid pretty well at these jobs, but like they're undercutting me because I was like, oh, you don't have a degree. So I was like, well, if I'm going to work, might as well get the full payment. So do you plan on doing um, like post-grad, like a master's degree, PhD, like any vibes there? Or we're like, we're done after this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the plan was like at one point it was like PhD for sure. But now I'm just like. Do I want that to gloat or do I want that to like, because it's actually beneficial? And I realized like probably not beneficial. Um, at one point I did want to be a professor. So I was like, oh, that kind of made sense. But now like I'm going back to myself, you know, I'm going back to like the, 
the naive kid that had all these dreams that was free to think, you know? And so it's like, do I need all this education? Probably not. Um, although like there are certain education that could lead me there. Like I know NYU has like an MBA program with an emphasis on like fashion industries. So you work with like a lot of like how to run fashion industries with a business mindset. So that seems interesting. So like that intrigues me. Um, I probably, so in that sense, like I probably most likely would get a master's degree just to kind of build more connections. I don't know how soon or I'm not in no rush to do it. Um, I'm going to try to figure it out. Like, how can I get into the spaces I want to? And if I can't, then I'll look into, you know, a master's program. And I'll probably end up getting a master's degree at some point. Nice. Yeah. And like you said, there's, you have time. It's, it's hard because it's like, yes, we have so much time. But again, back to you, like, but I also have no time. Um, what general advice would you give to people listening to this episode? Like any kind of, it doesn't have to be about school. It doesn't have to be about work, but like one piece of advice you'd like to leave with the people who listen to the big X podcast. Yeah, I think, um, so doing well, research, I have, this is the last question I asked too. And a lot of says, says like, I think cause the school mindset is like, Oh, like participate in extracurricular activities and school part and like, get involved because you'll make a lot of friends, which is true. But I think for me, what one person said to me that really stood out was like, just have fun. If you're honestly, like, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? And, and then I, and I was like, okay, but like, what about school though? That's not fun. He's like, exactly. Do something that's actually fun in your degree then, you know, build your degree. Like UVU, you can do that, integrated studies or whatever, you know, so you can like build out your degree out if, and just have fun with it. So I was like, yeah, if you're not having fun, don't do it. Just have fun. <laughs> Everybody, we need to have more fun. Um, Isaac, before I let you go, plug yourself. If you want to plug your social media handles, your LinkedIn, share it. Um, I don't know my LinkedIn handle. Search Isaac Smith. <laughs> but it's going to be a million Isaac Smith. So good luck. Um, Instagram, Isaac Chemin. J, so I-S-A-A-C-J-A-E-M-I-N. Chemin. So, yeah. Everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good week. Please follow Isaac. He's literally an icon to me. I'm like, I learn something new about him every week or I'll say something and he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, it's because I keep up. So if you keep on social media, you'll learn a lot more. Anyway, see you next week.